gets renewed. You know, I got born again immediately, um, but it would take years for me to get set free from all the junk uh, that I was involved in, you know. Uh, take, take time for me to get set free from the drug addiction and alcoholism and immorality. Um, then it would take time for me to get set free from depression, take time for me to, you know, develop confidence and, you know, the fruit of the Spirit and all of these things. And so, um, and that's the beauty of coming to church is, um, you know, how many know we, we come in here really to get our minds serviced? You know, we're here to get our mind renewed. We want to we change the way we think. We want to see ourselves the way God sees us. And we want to see, that's much better, and we want to see God um, the way that he clearly is. How many of you know God loves you today? Can I get an amen? God loves you, and he's for you, and you know, you don't have anybody on, in your life right now that's more for you than God is. And how many of you know it takes time to find out that God's actually like that? Uh, there's just this sense of God being, you know, against you or ready to punish you and all of these things. These things are from the enemy. These things are not really from God. God loves you, and God's for you. But there is a mind renewal process that happens in order to have the, the Jesus that's been placed in you through the finished work of the cross and faith in that, in order for that expression to be on the outside of you. Amen? And so that's one of the reasons we come to church. That's one of the reasons we study the Word. Uh, we want to we wash our minds. We want to renew our minds. We want to change the way we think. And ultimately, uh, how many know that, you know, this is something I've kind of been on here for a little bit. How many know that there is a maturity that can happen in the body of Christ? There's a development and, uh, you know, I'll, give you, I'll use Ethan as an example because uh, Ethan and I, over the summer, we, uh, we hit the weight room pretty hard. And we worked out on the regular. And, uh, you know, and, and thank God he gets to, to not start where I started. He gets to start where I am now in terms of knowledge. Like when I was a kid, all we did was curls and bench press. That's all we did because that's all we could see. <laughs> and, and the thing that I, uh, yeah, the thing that I taught him is, you know, you know, you want to get a deadlift in there. You want to get a squat in there. You want to develop, you know, if you're going to, because a part of the reason we're doing is for athletics and stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, it's not all about just curling in the mirror, you know. And so um, what he's done is he's worked hard and he's made development. Now, and so now I can remember when he played basketball in the summer league, guys that were pushing him around a little bit weren't pushing him around anymore. Because he had that he had that muscle that he had developed, and now on the soccer field, you know, he has the ability to to use his body and use the muscle mass that he's put on and the strength, you know. And I can remember the the first game where he just just basically just just waylaid somebody, you know, <laughs> just completely just took him out, you know. And I came up later, I was like, that felt good, didn't it? And he was like, yeah, it really did. And uh, because now while he was doing the deadlifts, that wasn't the fun part. Are y'all tracking me here? While he was doing the weight training, that wasn't the fun part. But the development has made his life easier. To where now, when it's game time, it's easier if he'll take the time to develop, right? Now, let's take that um, analogy over in our lives. How many know that there's some development that God wants to bring into your life to make you a better father, a better mother, a better spouse, a better um, expression of being a son or daughter of God. How many you know when development happens in your life, it's for the purpose of making things really easier? How many you know when the fruit of the Spirit... Oh, look at that. Man, we're facing all kinds of challenges today. That's my children, man. They, they see this thing. My, uh, Lily's like, give me that thing. And she rips it off here every single day. Anyway, um... When, when, there's a, when there's an element of development, like, like how many of you know the fruit of the Spirit makes your life easier? Yeah. Come on, love, peace, joy, kindness, goodness. How I many it makes your life better? When love's flowing through you, life's better. When you have joy, life's better. When you have peace, life's better. And how I many know it's better for everybody around you too? Yeah. Okay, get an amen. And so there, there, there is development that happens to make you stronger as a believer uh, to make your life better, because how many know, you know, you might not be, you know, out on the sports field playing against other people, but how many know you have things to overcome in your life? You have situation to overcome, you have relationships uh, that, that might need some overcoming, you have situations in your work, you have uh, situations in school, situations in traffic, situations, in, you know, in your family. And if, if there's a place where, I mean, you know, if, 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 if God, if you will if we'll allow the Lord, he'll develop us. 
And he'll bring a strengthening into our life that ultimately is going to make our life better and going to make our life easier. Can I get an amen? Now, a part of change, talking about change, talking about development, is correction. How many know that, that you cannot grow without correction? You just can't. And it's one of the things that's so important to be able to handle correction. And that's one of the things that grace really helps empower you with because you find out that your identity has nothing to do with your performance. How I many you know you're a son or daughter of God on your good days and on your bad days? Can I get an amen? When you do everything right and when you do everything wrong, you're still a child of God. And God loves you. So your identity and God's love for you is not based on your performance. And so what that does is it actually sets you free to become coachable. It sets you free to actually become, be able to be developed. You know, uh, the, the, the mark of a wise man is that he loves correction. The mark of a fool is that he hates it. And, and really, the more you get grounded in who you are, the easier it is for you to allow certain things about you to receive correction because if you can receive correction, you can receive wisdom. How I many you know wisdom's going to make your life better? The Bible says that when, when the axe is sharp, the work is easier. Right? Talking about Proverbs. And so God's always going to be bringing in a loving, fatherly correction for the purpose of making your life better and for the purpose of people seeing Jesus in your life. You know, how I many know people can see more of Jesus in me now than when I first got saved? When I first got saved, you could, I was rough around the edges. You could barely even tell I was saved. <laughs> but I was, but, but, but the development hadn't happened where now you're seeing more of Jesus in my life than what you saw in the beginning because of development. You know, I've had, I used to coach basketball and stuff like that, and I've seen kids with tremendous athletic ability. But if a kid's not coachable and they won't learn, they're not going to go as far um, as the kid who is. Because if, if a kid will just listen and learn, they'll develop. Can I get an amen? We can see that clearly in that arena, but it's also the same for our own lives. And so um, what I, what I, God has been developing me in an area, and it has been an area that I have resisted development for years. How I many you know sometimes we want to embrace a weakness and just say it's who we are? Well, I'm just this. And um, in doing that, what we're doing, we're pushing back from Jesus as our identity, and we're trying to identify with a part of our flesh. And it might be funny, and it might be, um, you know, but, but the bottom line is, according to Scripture, is as He is, so are we in this world. How I many you know we're not called to identify with the old person? And I think we recognize that in certain areas. Like, I would never call myself a drug addict. You know, I would never identify with being an addict anymore, you know. Um, I would never do that. But I might identify with being impatient or being, uh, you know, having no self-control, you know, concerning food and stuff like that, right? You know, because you always crack jokes about that, right? But if we want to develop and we want to change and we want things to get better, we have to be willing to let go of some false identities that were placed on us by family, by family, <laughs> I felt something on that, by family, you know, how many of you, just because your mama said this is the way you are doesn't mean this has to be the way you are, just because your daddy said this is the way you are does not mean you have, this, is the, this is the way you had to be, you know, just because you had a teacher in school, a teacher in school that told me I was bad at math, and I believed him, I was good at math until the third grade, because <laughs> we didn't do much math, but anyway, but, but, but then when they told me I was bad at math, I embraced that. And to this day, I'm not good at math. Why? Because I embraced a false identity as, as my own. How I many you know I have the mind of Christ? Can I get an amen? And, and so we, we have to let go of false identities, even areas where we have become comfortable hiding behind. And we have to let these things go if we want to develop and change. And the development, just like when Ethan was doing those deadlifts and those squats, he probably didn't enjoy it much, but he did enjoy being stronger on the field. How many of y'all, you're going to enjoy being stronger in life? It's going to make your marriage better. It's going to make 
uh, uh, dealing with your kids better, dealing with you know, your friends better, dealing with uh, the people around you. you. There's a strength that God wants to bring into your life to make your life easier. Because here's the bottom line. You and I, we are called to overcome. Bottom line. I love that about God. He's a victorious God. He's not a loser God. He's a winner. Can I get an amen? He's a victorious God. And this, this passage in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, it says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And so, how many know we're invited to overcome? How do we overcome? We believe in Jesus, number one. But number two, we believe what Jesus has to say about us. We embrace the identity that we now have in Christ. How many know if 20 years later I was still believing and calling myself a drug addict, how many know I'd still be hooked on drugs? If I embrace that as an identity. But there comes a time when you've got to let go of the past and you've got to place your faith in what God has made you right now and sometimes you got to call those things with be not as though they are. How I many know if Abraham continued to identify with being a fatherless old man, he would have never brought forth Isaac? How did he change? God said, I got to get to your mouth. I got to change the way you talk about you. And so he changed his name. He added in that, that fifth uh, Hebrew letter, the, the grace letter, the ha, huh, Abraham, Sarah. And as a result of that, they believed it, they embraced it. And how I many know they overcame something that was a plight against their family? right? And so God, he loves you and he wants you to overcome. He wants you to win. He wants you um, to, 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 to take the head off of Goliath. He wants you, uh, you know, to, to, with his help to split the Red Seas. He wants his strength to be made perfect in your weakness. Now, I'm not inviting you into having, you know, having a willpower battle. This isn't about your willpower, but this is about a decision to surrendering to what Jesus says about you. Can I get an amen? Okay. Now, and, and so, you know, when we talk about, you know, we talk about power, we talk about authority, we talk about dunamis, right? Dunamis is the Greek word, and, and, and I think a lot of times, you know, if we look at the life of Jesus, how I many of you know, we saw some power in Jesus' life, right? I mean, like, Jesus, I love the scene where the, the, the Roman soldiers are coming to the Garden of Gethsemane, and they're looking for Jesus, and Jesus stands up and says, I am. And all the entire the Roman battalion, they fall down onto the ground. Why? Because power was just released. Jesus on the boat, when it looks like it's about to sink and his disciples think that they're going to die, he steps to the stern of the boat and says, peace be still. And this hurricane storm immediately goes calm. Goliath, or Goliath, um, um, who's the guy that died in Rome? Lazarus, that guy. Lazarus, dead in the tomb. Jesus comes and says, Lazarus, come forth. How many know death wasn't stronger than the authority of Jesus? How many know leprosy wasn't stronger than the authority of Jesus? Jesus operated in power everywhere he went. He was never nervous. He was never afraid. He was always in control. But what I want to talk to you about is another aspect of his power that we don't talk about as much. But it's power. But it's different. And what I want to talk to you about, I'm going to talk to you about the patience of Jesus. The patience of Jesus. Do you think Jesus ever had a moment when his patience was tried? I mean, think about his disciples. <laughs> think about these guys. All right? They clearly have no idea what's going on the entire three and a half years of his ministry. <laughs> Did nobody know what was going on until the Holy Spirit fell in the book of Acts? God says, man, once I can finally get my presence in you, then y'all going to look sharp. But until then, y'all going to look like buffoons, man. And that's okay. But, how I mean, you know, as the crowds are thronging Jesus, his disciples fighting over who's going to be the greatest, you know, Pharisees trying to kill him, you know, people trying to catch him in his words. How I many you know, if Jesus didn't maintain a level of patience and he lost his cool and just got in the flesh, how many of you think that might affect his ministry? But yet he had a powerful patience. And what I want to talk to you about this morning is this word hupomone in the Greek, and it's the word for patience. Now, it's different than our word. How many of the Greek language is rich, and it has a lot, of more, a lot more meaning. Their words have more meaning than the English language. That's why we have the Amplified Bible that tries to translate 
the, the richness and the depth of the Greek language so that we can understand it. We think patient, we just think, well, I'm just going to endure and get through it and not throw rocks at anybody or be mad. That's not real patience. See, real patience is powerful. And it has the ability to endure. Let me read it to you. Hupomone, a patient enduring, endurance, steadfastness, cheerful or hopeful endurance. So while you're patient, there is an attitude of cheerfulness and hopefulness. I'm not talking about patiently enduring as you scowl and are angry. I'm talking about being so free from what's going on around you that you can have joy and peace while you wait on the deliverance of the Lord. I'm talking about having, I'm talking about the, 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 the circumstances not controlling your quality of life. I'm talking about you having a quality of life while you wait for deliverance. Because if we don't get a hold of this, then our lives are going to be like this. But if we can get a hold of this hupomone, this, this powerful patience that Jesus had, then life doesn't dictate to you how happy you can be or joyful you can be when things aren't going perfectly your way. Because have you noticed things don't always go perfectly your way? Like, I, 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 God's been doing this work in me where I, I want to be happy while the kids are crying in the car. Like, when we, we, we came this morning, like, he was on it. We, I, I, hot mess express, boy. Five Johnsons, here we go. You know what I'm saying? Eli in the back got the biggest daggone gun he can get from the house, just you know, trying to cock it, trying to get his mom to cock it in the back. Lily crying, you know, over here, just, I mean, aggressively crying. We're trying to get on baby Einstein, you know, and, and uh, just all these things, and we're running late and all this. But here's the thing. I don't have to not be happy in that moment. Like, I don't have to. I really don't. I can have peace. And I can have hope and I can have joy when turmoil is going on. And here's the thing. If I can maintain my peace, I can help the people around me maintain their peace. But if I have no peace, I have no ability to help anybody around me. In fact, I'm just going to make things worse. Because I'm aggravated, then they're aggravated. The next thing you know, everybody's aggravated. And really, we're all on the same team. But because we're all aggravated, we, 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 we can come against each other. Right? And so, but there's this thing, and it's a fruit of the Spirit. Like, this isn't some, some, um, uh, some you know, thing way back in Scripture somewhere. No, this is part of your DNA. This is, part of your, um, this is part of your spiritual identity. This is what God placed inside of you. Can I get an amen? Is this patience. But we have to unlock this thing and develop this thing so that we can endure. Let me give you an example. You know, when I was a kid, I was growing up, and man, Mike, when I was growing up, Mike Tyson was in his prime. And no one could stand against Mike Tyson. Nobody could. I mean, they couldn't even, couldn't hardly last two minutes with Mike Tyson, you know? His matches were over in the first round. And we had video games, punch out. We used to play Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson. But finally, this guy came along named Buster Douglas. He did, man. He did. And he came along and he proved that if you could last three rounds with Mike, that you could win. And what Buster brought to the table that nobody else brought was endurance. If you could handle the storm of his fury in the first couple rounds and make it through, then you could kick his butt because the guy only had so much endurance. God wants to bring an endurance into your life that's going to wear your enemies out. Seriously. Because, you know, we live in a day and time where everybody's stressed out and everybody's wigged out and everybody's mad. And, 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 and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not taking away from taking a stand for justice or for truth. I believe that with all of my being. Take your stand, but take your stand in peace. Take your stand in rest. Take your stand in patience. Because if you don't have some endurance, then the devil's going to beat you up. The defeated devil. The one who has no authority. But there's an endurance that God wants to bring in, into people's lives that's going to empower them 
to where, you know, just like Buster Douglas, you can go the full, the full rounds and come out victorious because God's developed something in your life. In the Greek, it's called hupomone, but it means a cheerful, hopeful endurance. See, just waiting in line, not running your mouth, but grumbling internally, that's not, that's not the patience I'm talking about. That's a worldly patience. God has something more powerful than you than that. God has something where you're cheerful and hopeful in line, and what's going on around you is not robbing you of peace. So that you can, in, listen to me, so you can enjoy the moments of your life. If we don't get a hold of this, we're not going to be able to enjoy the moments of our lives. If we don't get the storm out of us, I can't promise you the storm around you is going to stop on your timetable. But I can promise you God's made a way to keep the storm out of your heart. Can I get an amen? amen? See, the disciples, when they were on that boat, the storm was in their hearts. How many of it wasn't in Jesus' heart? He's asleep. God is confident of your future. God is confident of the future of this nation. God is confident that He's going to win. Can I get an amen? Yeah. But the storm doesn't need to be in you. And that's where this peace comes in. Amen? Now turn to uh, Galatians chapter 5, please. Because... I'm talking about endurance, and, and you know, we, and this is a dunamis. This is a power that God's given to us, but it's not the same as, you know, commanding the dead to, to, to rise and, you know, and splitting the Red Sea. This is a different type of power, but it's an extremely important type of power. Now, do miracles happen? Yes, absolutely. Do suddenlies happen? Yes, absolutely. Do, does God bring a breakthrough in a moment? Yes, absolutely. But there are times when you will walk through the valley. Come on, man. Let's be real. Like there are times when, when, when it don't look like God's in the boat with you. And it's in those times you need this power of patience. See, I hate to even use the word patience because... It has such a poor connotation in the English language. This is not patience in our understanding of patience. This is a cheerful, hopeful endurance. This means I can, excuse the word, the compound is the word hypo and meno. Hypo means under, meno means to remain. It means no matter what type of weight the enemy puts on you, in your emotions, in your thoughts, you can take it with joy. You can take it with peace. You can take it with hope that things are going to change. No matter how long it lasts, no matter how much, how much of the barrage that comes, you can take it and be unmoved in trusting in the faithfulness of your God. Amen. Now, I know that the endurance aspect of, of dunamis power is less exciting than the miraculous aspect. Because we want, how I many know in the world we live in, we want results now. I want the dead raised now. I want the healing now. I want financial provision now. I want it now. I want it now. But everything don't happen now. And so let's, let's allow this fruit of the Spirit to come forth out of our lives so we can be strong and we can endure. How many know the Bible talks to they that endure to the end? Shall overcome, man. Like, I want to win. I don't want the enemy winning. Now listen, the devil lost 2,000 years ago. But he's trying to win as many small battles as he can <clears throat> in your life personally. And every time he tries to rob us of peace and rob us of joy, that's a little notch on his belt. And I don't want no notches on his belt. Amen? And so um, in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Patience. There's that, there's that word, hupomone. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there's no law. And those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. See, we can't fight the battles we're facing right now in the flesh. How many know an angry Facebook post is not going to change the world? We have to battle in the Spirit. And how many know that in the Spirit, there's peace? Can I get an amen? 
In the Spirit, there's love, there's joy, there's kindness, there's faithfulness, there's patience. Now listen, I'm not saying there's not a place to be angry. How many of y'all Jesus was angry? But he didn't stay angry. We have a couple instances of Jesus getting angry. He, he, he stepped up in anger, and he did something. And then he stepped back over into peace. It happened a couple times. So I'm not saying, and I don't think that it's sin to be angry. Um, you know, the Bible says, be ye angry, but sin not. So I'm not against anger, but what I am saying is anger is not a fruit of your spirit. Anger, how many know the enemy will, 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 will lull you, bait you into getting mad? And you'll get in the flesh and try to fix your problems in the flesh. And how many know in a state of anger, you don't have peace, love, and joy, and all these powerful things and how many know you can wear yourself out angry? You can tire yourself out and wear yourself out. And God's saying, look, son, look, daughter, I got some endurance for you. I got a way you can win. So we got to walk in the spirit if we're going to win. Can I get an amen? And so um, let's turn to Colossians chapter 1. And, and, and what the, the statement that's made in this passage is absolutely, it's an awe-inspiring statement. Like, it is, it is just awe-inspiring, and it's so contrary a, a lot of times to the way we think. But it's just so, it's just powerful. It's like, whoa, look what he's saying here. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9, he says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Here's the statement. Strengthened with all might. We like that. That's good, right? According to His glorious power for all patience <laughs> and long-suffering with joy. Isn't that crazy? Like, you know, when I think strengthened with all might and power, I'm thinking this is David on his horse with his, you know, with his sword and all these things. No, no, no. This powerful statement is saying that you would be strengthened with all might and all power according to his glorious power for patience. For hupomone. Why? God knew that you were going to need some endurance to win the battles that you face. And that endurance is necessary when you're facing things that don't look like they're going to change. Amen. Amen. But with, with, with joy. I'm not, being, I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about being, I'm not talking about just suffering and not having joy. I'm talking about enjoying the ride. God's been working this in my life. And you know what it's done? What it started to do for me? I'm enjoying my life more. I'm not as reactive. I'm more proactive. I'm not taking the punches the way I used to take the punches. I, I'm, I'm in a place of strength where the enemy can hit me with something, but this hoopamone kicks in. And it's like, okay, I'm still going to have a great day. <laughs> Seriously, man, like no joke. Like I'm still going to have a great day. I got, I got peace. I got joy. It's all good. Let's go. Why? Endurance. You ever try to do something like with sports or something like that when you didn't have your cardio developed? Amen. Like, you know, like Ethan, you know, when he's playing, getting ready for soccer or basketball, man, if you don't have your car, I mean, you know, or in an MMA fight or a boxing fight, I don't care how strong somebody is, if they can't breathe, they are not going to do well. And so... This, this dunamis is a development of your battle cardio. <laughs> it's a, I can breathe and get through this battle. Amen? Because if the enemy can, can just rob you of all patience and you live, the Bible says there's more hope of a fool than a hasty man. That's a deep statement because Proverbs is hard on fools the whole time. Like hard, but, but one is it, hey, there's more hope of a fool than a hasty. What's a hasty man? Somebody who lives in a state of constant impatience. And just like that. And like you're, you're miserable and you are invoking misery on everyone around you. I've been this guy. I have definitely been this guy. And so like I have found 
that as I allow this fruit of the Spirit that's already inside of us to develop, it's putting me in a position of, of control, but not in the sense that I'm controlling the circumstances, but in the sense that the circumstances aren't controlling me. Y'all see, see what I'm saying here? Like, I'm not, like, I don't have to get mad. I don't have to get upset. I don't have to not have peace. Amen. Because, I mean, you know, we live in a world that's constantly throwing injustices at us. You know what I'm saying? Like, injustice is everywhere. And I'm not saying that the injustice is, is right. We take a stand against it. But that storm ain't getting in me. Y'all storm all day long out there with your crazy selves. Not talking about y'all, talking about the world. But you ain't getting in me. And if you ain't getting in me, you're not getting in my house. You're not getting in my kids. You're not getting in the people around me. Can I get an amen? Because I'm, I'm not here to pass anger and offense and impatience. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hoop a monad. <laughs> such a funny word. Hoop. Hoop. There it is, right? Okay. Amen. Well, just we had to go there one time. We're pulling quickly back. It's such bad humor. Praise God. That's what you need to think. When, when, when the impatience tries to ride it, hoop. There it is. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. You think it'll work? All right, whatever. Whatever works, man. I just, I just, I feel like the level of corniness is just off the charts there, even though it's kind of funny. But you have something inside of you this patience, it's stronger than what's going on around you. Amen? Now, t turn to James, please. James chapter 1. But there's a development that God wants to bring into our lives. There's something. To, now, listen. I could never develop in this if I continue to identify with being impatient. As long as I'm just impatient, just my personality. God, prophetic personality, I'm impatient. I mean, you talk about that all the time. If you have a prophetic personality, you are going to be spontaneous, and you are going to, you are, there, there's, the, the enemy will try to use what's a strength and try to use it against you. But I had to come to the place where I got the fruit of the Spirit. How I many of oh, you got the fruit of the Spirit? You might have some areas of fruit that are more developed in your life than other areas, but how I many know oh, you got all of it? And it's just an allowing of allowing it to develop. Because impatience was robbing me of quality of life. And I, and I would do things in the name of, well, I just got to get a lot done. I just got to get this done. Come on, we got to get this done. Listen, and here's the thing. I, I'm, I, I do not advocate for passivity at all. I think that, um, I think that um, what are you talking about, Jeremiah? I don't think you should just roll with the punches of life. I think you need to go knock the door. I think you need to step forward. You need to move forward. And I think that, you know, because... I spent a lot of time in Charismania where we were waiting for God to write something in the sky before we did anything. And that's really not how a kingdom operates. Do, what you, do what's in your heart. You know, just do what's in your heart. And, and, if, and if it's wrong, God will tell you. He'll let you know. It's easier to hear and know when you're moving forward. It's easier to move. It's just the truth, man. It too, I mean, but I got, I got years of my life robbed from incorrect teaching. We had to wait till we had a dream or a sign or a wonder before we did anything. And it's not like that. God's like, look, it, look, I gave you this world. Go, go do the stuff. Step up, walk forward. I love you. I'm on you. I blessed you. If you get a no, then don't go. But other than that, you got a green light. As long as it lines up with Scripture. Can I get an amen? You don't have a green light to do something that's contrary to Scripture. But, and so, but I embrace, so I don't advocate for passivity. Go for it, man. Go for it. Go for your dreams. Live, you know. But at the same time, you get more done and you're more effective when you are in peace while you're going. I have found this out. I'm better at everything when I'm in peace, no matter what I'm doing. It's just the truth. Whether it's driving or shopping, if I'm full of anxiousness and I'm impatient, I'm about to mess all kinds of stuff up. You know what I'm saying? And I've done, I've done it so many times. But God has something better for us. Amen? James chapter 1 and verse 2, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So this is, this is a very attractive thing to me. Like, perfect. Now that word perfect in the Greek is the word teleos, it means mature. Just talking about development, talking about maturity, that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So patience will bring the absence of lack in your life. Amen. 
Patience is going to, it's going to bring a fullness in your life. You ever get around somebody who's patient? Like there's just a, there's a solidness to them. There's a um, stability to them. You know, they don't, they don't get wigged out. They don't get rushed. They're just, and there's a power in that. And how many of the world needs more people like that? Amen? But it says here, let patience have its perfect work. God has a work that He wants to do in our lives, and, it, and it, it's patience. The testing of your faith. Now, what does that mean? What's the testing of your faith? Testing of your faith is when something happens or you see something that's contrary to what Scripture tells you. Right? How many know that, that sometimes what you experience is contrary to God's promises? Everybody in here. That's a part of it. That's a part, that's a part, of, that's a part of what we do down here. That's the fight of faith. That is where hupomone is developing in you because it's actually being tested. See, what happens to a child when they get everything that they want the second they ask for it? Not good, right? They need to not get everything that they want, right? How I many you know with God it's the same way? <laughs> the kids were like, I ain't got no amens on that. What's wrong with this guy, man? Hey, he was good until he started talking about this. Turn him down, turn him down. Amen. Believe it or not, it's actually really good for you to not get everything that you want as soon as you want it because life is not going to give you everything that you want as soon as you want it. And if you think, every, if you think you're going to get everything you want as soon as you want it, then you're going to be sorely disappointed in life because life's not like that. And so, how I many you know God that we don't get everything we want as soon as we ask for it? If you got everything that you wanted as soon as you asked for it from God, you would never have an opportunity to develop trust. Trust says, I trust you when it doesn't look like you're going to do it. That's the place of development. That's where your faith is tried, which is more precious than gold. That's what you're going to take to heaven with you. Not your clothes, not your car, not your stuff, your faith. It's been tested. You know, how many of you know Abraham, his faith was tested? How many of you know Joseph, his faith was tested? Can I get an amen? You know, and how many of you know your faith's going to be tested? You're going to see a promise in the book. Now, how many, know you, how many of y'all have had God do stuff for you? You've had God show up. Amen? You've had it happen for you. And it's awesome and it's great. But how many know you have other areas of your life where you haven't seen it? Those are the areas where you're being tested. You know, a few years back, I had one kid. <laughs> I had one kid. And I was disgruntled because I only had one kid. Like, I was upset. I mean, me and the Lord had conversations. Uh, you know, me not me in the flesh. Like, where's my, I want more kids, God. I mean, I can remember coming over from a Bible study one night. And I'm just going to be honest with you. How many know God can handle you and your realness? And I came over from a Bible study, I was yelling at God because I wanted more kids. I mean, like, loud. You know what I'm saying? And, like, he's a big God. He can handle me. But, you know, how many, that was a few years ago. How many old Brother Johnson said, we good now, Lord. <laughs> We good. We, I ain't trying to drive a minibus. You know what I'm saying? Like, one more kid and we leave the three rows and we go over into minibuses. You know, and I mean, like, me and Ethan, we ain't trying to ride in the minibus. You know, like, thank you, Lord. We are good. But how I many you know that when I was moaning and complaining, God knew that this time would be here. And so it'd be better for me to trust Him when I don't see it. How many know you want your kids to trust you when you give them your word? How many know, you know what I'm saying? You want, you know, hey, I told you we're going to get ice cream. We're not getting it right now, but we're going to get it. And how many know it's the same with the Lord? And so there's a place where we are developing when our faith is being tried. Trusting. Even in our country. Even in the craziness that's going on in our country. We know God's made all kinds of promises. Amen. And we have to trust Him while our faith is being tried. Amen? There's a development that happens in you. Um, turn to Romans chapter 5, and I'm going to read you something out of Proverbs quickly. We have to fight these battles from the Spirit. We can't fight these battles from the flesh. Proverbs 16 verse 32 says, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He who rules his spirit than he who takes the city. Isn't, it, isn't that powerful? No one should have the ability 
to offend us and make us angry. He who offends you controls you. We have to, if we want to be strong, if we want to be mighty, if we want to, we want to be a part of, of what God's doing in the kingdom, we have to be able to not be so reactive. Y'all tracking me here? We have to, and it's a fruit of the Spirit. We don't have to generate it or make it happen. This is something God's given to us. This fruit will develop. But it, listen, it begins by you embracing that this is who you are. Everybody say it. Say, I am patient. Amen. See, now, probably some of y'all, it feels weird. <laughs> it's like, I ain't never said that before. <laughs> but like, is Jesus patient? Are we in him? Then we are too. And there's a development that God wants to do in our lives. Once again, I'm not encouraging you to be passive. No, be aggressive. Move forward. Knock the doors. Slay the giants. But do it in peace. Amen? Amen. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, you know, he says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I mean, you know, now that we understand the grace of God, grace is our safe place, right? It means that, man, when, 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 I'm, when, I'm, when I'm getting it and I'm doing it all good, God loves me. When I'm impatient, mad, and offended, God still loves me. Can I get an amen? It means that my, my sins and lawless deeds, he's not going to hold against me. He's not even going to remember them anymore. My God loves me. He's for you. That's never going to change. Can I get an amen? That's your say. It's a safe place. But it's not a place where you're not, that, that you're going to like release yourself from all development. <clears throat> How many you know you have arrived concerning the blessing of the Lord? You have arrived concerning the fact that you're right with God. You've arrived. How I many you, know, you began at the finish line when you received Jesus as Lord and Savior? You can't add anything to what the cross has done. You're in a safe place with peace with God. Can't get an amen. And so, Legalism focuses on development, but they focus on development so that you can be forgiven or can be loved or can be blessed. That's the wrong way to do it. You've received Jesus as Lord and Savior. You are blessed, according to Ephesians. You're, you are past tense blessed. You're not trying to chase a blessing. You're not trying to chase an anointing. You're not trying to chase all these things. You got it all with Jesus Christ. Can't get an amen. You got it all, man. But now that you have it all, God's like, now let's develop it. Let's get it out. Let's get it on the outside of you so that you can enjoy it and those around you can enjoy it as well. Can I get an amen? And, 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 that, and this is, is something that we need to bring in to kind of the grace movement or whatever and bring a, a, an element of balance because there is maturity. We can mature. Amen? We, we're not going to mature our spirits, but we are going to mature our minds. We're going to mature the way we think, change the way we think, Right? And so after he announces the safe place of grace and peace with God through, through the righteousness, which is of faith, then he goes on and says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces hupomone, perseverance, patience. That word for tribulation is the word philipsis. It means pressure. See, you, nothing develops without pressure. You know, I use some, you know, some weightlifting examples. You know, we go into the gym, we lift weights, we, we put pressure so that we can develop, right? And this patience in you, when pressure comes, you have to understand something, development is happening. We have to let the patience of Jesus answer the door, not the anger and injustice of our flesh, let, let, let that hupomone, let that joyful patience answer the door when the pressure comes. I mean, on next week, you got some pressure lined out already waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. Thanks for reminding me, Jeremiah. All different kinds of pressure, right? All different kinds from all different places. But there's something in you that can endure with joy and hope and a peace. You can handle it. The storm's going to come, but it doesn't have to come into, into you. Yeah, there's a choice here. There's a development here. And so, and this is one of the things I always tell Ethan, like, you know, because I'm big on us trying to maintain peace in our home. And me and Ethan be riding up front and the baby be crying. There, there's nothing like a baby screaming at the top of their lungs. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's a unique type of thing, right? And so I, I lean over and say, all right, man, this is a great time for us to develop peace. <laughs> for I'm like, all right, let's let not our heart be troubled. Like, well, it's an opportunity. If you look at it properly, I mean, no, you, it doesn't have to rob you of peace. How I many know someone who's angry with you doesn't have to rob you of peace? It doesn't have to. You can allow it to, but it doesn't have to. Right? Someone who's disappointed in you doesn't have to rob you of peace. Someone who doesn't like you doesn't have to rob you of peace. I'm getting so much better at handling people that don't like me. I really am. Learn how to do it. Like, you know what I'm saying? It used to really bother me. It doesn't bother me as much because I'm getting stronger in the grace of God. I meet people and they just don't like me. You know, and, I know, and, and you know, and, and here's the thing, I'm okay with that now. I don't need you to like me for me to feel okay about myself. And that's not me being a jerk or anything like that. It's just like, God likes me. I don't need you to like me. And so now, I don't have to feel weird around people that don't like me. I'm still going to be myself. Are y'all tracking me? I'm just going to be myself whether you like me or not. I'm not going to be a jerk. I'm not going to, how many people try to overcompensate by being a jerk? You don't have to be a jerk. You just don't have to be affected by them. How many of you know he that's in you is greater than he that's in the world? Can you get an amen? There is something in this that I'm talking about right here that's really strong and powerful. It just makes your life better. And you're going to need it not only from a, a micro perspective of like your family and your daily life, but I'm just talking about all the crazy stuff that's going on in the world. We, we got to get to a place to where all this crazy world isn't getting in us. Y'all tracking me here? We, we can move forward and be strong apart from the craziness that's in this world. Because either we get good at it and we have peace, or we are blown by every doctrine of wind. Either way, we're going to heaven. Because we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Like, we're going to heaven. But like, I want to enjoy the ride while I'm down here. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he's given me the ability to enjoy the ride, I want it, man. I want days of heaven on earth. I want to be happy. You know what I'm saying? I don't need, you know, the politicians to make me happy. <laughs> well said, man. Well said. I mean, easy now. Me turn, me turn everybody back now. Hey, easy. I know I hit something there, but I'm just saying, I don't need the media to make me happy. You know what I'm saying? I don't need my sports team to make me happy. I don't, you know, I, there's just a place in God where we just start disconnecting from needing all of these things and we're satisfied in Him. Are y'all tracking me here? It's a place that we can have, but it, it will take maturity and it will take development to get there. Amen? But either way, the pressure is coming. Like you can either develop or you can let the storm inside of you, but it's coming. Because you can't stop it. You can't stop the, the storm from coming. Amen? Amen. My dog helped bring me to this place. I mean, I hate to say it, but that daggone dog, that all the hell that I went through with that dog, I mean, it, was, it, it helped bring me to this place. And see, sometimes we want to get rid of a problem when really that problem is developing something in us called character. Ooh, we don't, none of us don't want to talk about that. <laughs> you know, I'm like, God, I'm getting rid of this dog. And down here, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. But I want to get rid of the dog. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. What needed to happen? Did the dog need to change? No, I needed to change. And you know what? When I change, the dog changes. <laughs> Just telling you the truth. And for you, it might not be a dog. It might be a coworker. It might be a situation. It might be a, a person. It might be a all different things. And I'm not saying that everything is supposed to be in your life. Please understand that. I've had, God's had to remove me out of relationships and, you know, and, now, I have certain family members, I don't have anything to do with them. I love them, God bless them, but man, they, we love them from over here. You know, you take a look at Proverbs, Proverbs will tell you who you need to be in relationship with and who you don't need to be in relationship with. So I'm not saying that. Each situation is different, but God has this for you, this peace, man, and it's powerful. It says, not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, or this word, hopemone, and perseverance produces character. Amen? And character, hope. And it comes right back to hope again. All this stuff, all this pressure around me, but I still have hope. Now, we're going to close right here. Just, we just have like 10 more minutes. But you know where hope ties back into? It ties back into the fact that God loves you. That's what makes you able to endure, is you knowing that God loves you. 
Because he says, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given to us. The foundation for all the fruit. How many know it's love? How many know? Listen to this. Do you know what the first description of love is? Patience. Isn't that crazy? Well, when 1 Corinthians, you know where he talks about love? You know what he said? Love is what? Patient. That's the first thing God says about love. And, and if anybody knows me any time, I preach about love all the time. Like, I pre- I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that loves the love of God, right? And yet I've also been the guy who says he's impatient. Hmm. <laughs> Clearly someone's wrong. <laughs> Clearly it's me, right? If love is flowing through you, you will be patient. Can I get an amen? And here's the thing, and not just patient with other people, patient with yourself. The reason you're impatient with other people is because you're not patient with yourself. Mm, praise God. It's good, isn't it? And so it comes back to love. Turn to, turn to Mark chapter 4, just a couple more places here and we close. But it comes back to love. Mark chapter 4, and we're going to take a look at just quickly the parable of the sower and, you know, the sower is talking about sowing the Word of God, and it, you know, it falls on different grounds. You know, it falls on good ground and stony ground and, um, and all these type of things. And it's a very powerful parable. It helps us to understand how the kingdom operates. But there's this, this stony ground. Uh, let's look at it. Mark chapter 4 and verse 16, it says, In the same way the ones sown upon stony ground are those who hear the Word at once and receive it and accept it and welcome it with joy, and they have no real root in themselves, so they endure for a little while. Then when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, they immediately are offended, become displeased, indignant, resentful, and they stumble and fall away. How many know that the reason, how many know the adverse circumstances come for the word? Because God's given you a promise. You find out God's a healer, how many of the enemies are going to try to steal that from you? You find out God's a provider, how many enemies are going to try to steal that from you? Find out that Scripture says that all your house will be saved and you know, all your children are going to serve the Lord, the enemy is going to try to steal that from you. All these different promises, the enemy doesn't want you to hang your hat on an expectation of the Word of God. And so he comes and he tries to steal it from you. It says they have no real root in themselves, so they endure for a little while. They don't have endurance to handle. Then they get offended. You ever seen people get offended at God because things didn't happen the way they wanted it to? You ever got offended at God because things didn't happen? I have. I've got upset at God because I didn't understand. You know. And I, honestly, I, I don't think we're going to have it all figured out in this life. I think there are some things you're not going to get answered until you get to the other side because you don't have the ability to understand why. I believe that with all my heart. Just like I can't convey to my three-year-old or two-year or Lily, six-month-old, why I got to change her poopy diaper. She don't know why, but yet I have to do it. But she can't understand why. I mean, there are things with God who's almighty and all-knowing that you don't understand why. Why is it like this, God? I mean, I can't convey to my six-month-old why I have to change her diaper. I can't. She didn't have the ability to understand it. She's just going to have to trust me. And there are parts in this life where you're just going to have to trust it. Can I get an amen? And, and really, it kind of takes the pressure off of you a little bit. There's a time in my life where I thought I had to have everything figured out. And I had to understand everything. I don't feel like that anymore. I can trust God when I don't understand everything. Because I've been walking with Him for a little bit. And I know that He's good. Amen? But it says, no real root in themselves. What's that root talking about? We'll turn to Colossians chapter 1. No, no, no. Sorry. Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 17, if you just want to listen, I'll quote it to you for sake of time. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. How many of that's what you're to be rooted in? That you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. You may be filled with all the fullness of God. How many know when you're rooted in the fact that God loves you, it gives you more endurance to go through the storms? Because, number one, you know the storm's not from God. You know the sickness is not from God. You know the tragedy's not from God. If you think God's the one bringing it on you, then how are you going to resist it? You can't. 
And that's why in James it says, don't be deceived in this area. Why does he say don't be deceived in this area? Because the enemy deceives people all the time. It says, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, whom there's no variables in the shadow of turning. What does that mean? Every way you turn, God is good. He only has good gifts. He doesn't have bad stuff. But that's the primary point of really deception for all of humanity is that God's not as good as you think he is. That's what, that was what he sold to Adam and Eve. God knows when you eat this, you're going to be like him. He's always trying to convince us that bad things come from him. Why? Because if you think the storm is from God, then you better not try to get out of it. Don't go to the doctor. Don't take out, you know, don't try to get financial help. Don't do none of those things. Just lay down and take it. But that's not how it works. How many know when the storm came, Jesus stood up and rebuked the storm? How many know God's not schizophrenic? Bad things come from the devil. Good things come from God. Bottom line, settle it in your hearts. God is a God of love. Amen. He's a good father. He's a better father than I am, and I love my kid enough. I'm not going to break his leg to teach him something. Remove every question in your mind concerning that. Jeremiah, but what about the Old Testament? It's the Old Testament. It's not a clear picture of who God is. It's extremely important. We must have it. But the law and the prophets could not reveal a loving God. God reserved that right for His Son. He said, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen me. If you've seen Him, He's the express image of the Father. What do you see Jesus going around doing? Doing good, making glad, healing, setting the captives free. Can I get an amen? Because that's who God actually is. He's a good God. Remove all those questions. Because... Until you know that, you can't take a stand against the storms that are coming. You have to know. See, if you think that, well, this is happening in my life because God's punishing me, God's mad at me, how are you going to stand? How are you going to take the promises of God and stand against the punishment of God? You can't. You know what you do? You just live confused. You got one foot in the old covenant, one foot in the new covenant, and you got no faith. Because you don't know if you're resisting or being tried or... You have no idea. Listen, the bad things don't come from God. Now, God will take the bad things and he will make good things out of them. Oh, yes, he will. All things work together for good. Amen. The, the, some of the greatest point places of my ministry is the hell that I went through from drug addiction and all that type of stuff and depression and suicidal tendencies and all that. All that stuff the enemy threw against me, it actually has turned, turned into pure spun gold because of Jesus. I now can comfort people and help people because of the hell that I've been through. How I many of it's the same for you? All the hell you've been through, those are, the, those are your greatest places of comforting others. You know, losing a child or, you know, or having an abortion or, you know, dealing with bulimia or anorexia or uh, uh, dealing with, uh, you know, all these things that we went through that were hell. God didn't bring those things, but God will turn all those things for a testimony. He'll turn all those things for good. Can you get an amen? Because that's how God is. But... When you're rooted and grounded in the fact that he loves you, you're not going to get offended when things don't go your way. When things don't line up. Now, you may have moments of anger like I did. Remember I was talking about how I'd get mad at God and yell at him about not having more kids? You may have moments of anger. You have moments of offense. We went through the hell that we went through for the church that we came out of, and we lost everything. We was mad at God for a little bit. We were, man. We, we lost everything and moved into my mother's basement. Lost all our friends. Lost everything. And, you know, and my wife's looking at me like, you know, like, and, and I'm just like, I'm like, I don't know. I just don't, I, you know, we, we were hurting because we'd been hurt in the name of God. That's some of the worst type of hurts you can have is when you're hurt in the name of God. When someone will take God and manipulate and control people and all that type of stuff. I know too, man, and, and it's one of the most challenging and hardest things to get through, but years later I look back, it's not God's fault those people acted like idiots. God gave them opportunity. They chose their own path and their own free will. They'll be held accountable for that as teachers, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to blame God for someone else's stupid behavior. You know, all the stuff that I went through in my childhood and all that, I'm not going to blame God for that. It's called free will. Amen. You just you have to release the Lord from responsibility and understand that He's good. Even when you don't understand. Because what happens is when you start to get rooted and grounded in this love, and it really happens through understanding the gospel and understanding the fact that you're forgiven and you're the righteousness of God and God is for you and you're blessed and all these beautiful things, you start to develop a level of endurance to handle when things go contrary. 
you know. Like my fit, like Ethan, you know, if I tell Ethan that we're going to do something, he knows we're going to do it. And he's confident in it. He can rest in my words. Eli, not yet. You know, when are we going to get a toy? We're going to get a toy? You can't tell him you're going to do anything. Because if you tell him you're going to do something, the concept of future is not there. Like, 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 like you know, in the three-year-old mind, there is no future. All is now. Everything is now. Like last night, he's trying to talk me into going to the store and getting, getting another gun. Like, we need another gun. We have 6,000 guns in our home. You know, not a real gun, but like Nerf gun, tiny gun, this gun, plastic gun, any type of gun, you know. And, and, he, and, he, and I was like, yeah, we can, we can get one. He's like, well, let's go right now. I was like, no, 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 we're not doing it right now. It's like later, we're trying to go get dinner. You know what I'm saying? It's late at night. We got to get it now. Why? He has not developed trust in my words yet. He's learning that my word is good. My 15-year-old knows my word is good, and he can rest in my word. Amen? How many know in your relationship with God, it's the same way? You're learning to trust him. Can you get an amen? And as you learn to trust him, there's an endurance that happens in your life. There's a power. There's a hoopamone. There's a patience. There's Because what that love does is it brings forth hope. You're like, you know what? I don't understand why everything's happening like this, but I, but I, tr but I trust you, Lord. Are y'all tracking me here? And then I'll just read you this, this passage real quick. We've went through it, but I want to read it one more time because it's just so powerful. Talking about, will y'all let God develop this patience in you? Will you allow him to? Because he's not doing it to make your life miserable. He's doing it to develop you and make you stronger so you can handle the things that you're coming up against. But how many know you have to decide to do it? You have to let it happen. But understand that it's happening. What's the number one way you do it? Stop identifying with being impatient. Identify with Christ. I mean, we're not going to identify with our old nature. We're going to identify with the new nature. Now, you don't have to do this. You can continue to identify with the old nature, but you're not going to develop this character that God wants in your life that ultimately is going to make your life easier and give you just a more enjoyable life. There are things you cannot control in your immediate circle. Like, I cannot control, the, I can't make the baby stop crying. I can't do it. Like, we try, but we can't do it. So there are times when the baby just, on cue, boy, on cue. Let's go, girl. Let's go, Lily. There's a reason God makes them so cute, right? Can't control it. But I can keep it from robbing me of peace, and I can be patient with her while she cries. Y'all tracking me here? I can be patient with Eli while he demands a gun at, you know, 10 o'clock at night. You know, I, I, can, I can be patient because this patience, it's going to help you, but it's also going to help people around you. Listen, there are some people that need the patience of Jesus. They need it in you for them. Because rather than looking at disappointment, and rather than experiencing condemnation, and rather than experiencing your anger, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna see Jesus looking back at them through your eyes. And it'll change them a whole lot quicker than your anger will. I don't know, that's a deep and strong word there. Um, but I don't know about y'all, but I've needed God to be patient with me. Can y'all think about, you know, the, he talks about the long-suffering patience of the Lord. When I think about how patient God's been with me, it helps me to understand I need to be patient with other people. I mean, this is a part of what grace teaches us. Legalism cracks the whip and demands it now. And you, don't, and you know what? You don't, you don't get it now. All you get is a facade. You get people faking it to make you happy. I'd much rather have somebody's heart than faked behavior. It'd take longer to get somebody's heart, but it means more. Because it's coming from inside of them. I don't want fake behavior. I want heart. Amen? And so this patience, man, God is patient with us. We need to be patient with ourselves. How many of you got to be patient with yourself? Don't Stop condemning yourself. Stop being so hard on yourself. Stop being disappointed in yourself. Don't be surprised that you're in an earthen vessel. You know what I'm saying? Like, you condemning yourself does not accomplish any of the righteousness of God. The Bible says that the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. 
It took me a while to realize that me being angry at me was not going to change me. Me being angry at me just keeps me in that same cycle of defeat. Don't be disappointed in yourself. You were created to need a Savior. Can I get an amen? You ease up on yourself and you'll ease up on other people, man. And then life turns into, there's, I mean, there's an unforced rhythm of grace in our relationships. Amen? Um, and so we need patience for each other. We need patience for ourselves. And we need patience for the world that we live in. Amen? I'll read this to you. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Amen? This is a little secret on enjoying your life. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I just want to pray over you. Father, I just, uh, we present ourselves to you as sons and daughters of God. And Lord, we just, we want to be developed. We want to learn. We want to mature. We want to grow. We want to express Jesus and and Lord, I just thank you that you help us in this area. You help us to develop this that you've already given to us, Lord, that we would be patient in the times that we're living in. Not that worldly patience, Lord, but that powerful hupomone patience, Lord, that's filled with peace and hope and joy. And I thank you that, Lord, we have endurance to run our race. And Lord, I just speak a blessing over these people, Lord. I just thank you. You strengthen them unto all patience with joy. And Lord, we, we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.